0: What's up, Muggles and Humans? Welcome to an I Told You So um episode of Daily Science Report. These have turned into more of a monthly science report as we've entered into wartime. <laughs> um that's how it goes. You know, wartime um has a negative impact on science and art. And happiness in general. So there's a lot of work to be done outside of cool stuff like this. Um, So the faster we can get a lid on that situation, the the faster I'll be able to come out with uh, new episodes for sure. So as a part of I told you so science today, I'd like to encourage people to consider um, what their words mean. And so we're going to examine the word theory together right now. And we're going to get, like, a solid definition on it. And then we're going to get into some really interesting articles. So, uh, the Merriam-Webster definition of theory is, one, a plausible or scientifically acceptable general principle or body of principles offered to explain a phenomenon. So, this is plausible. Or acceptable. Two, it's a belief, a policy, or procedure proposed or followed as the basis of action. Her method is based on the theory that all children want to learn. Um, there's like the wave theory of light. We prove it, but a lot of really good evidence that suggests that light, um, acts as a wave and a particle and both at the same time (laughs) (laughs) principles or circumstances often used in the phrase in theory in theory we've always advocated freedom for all Uh, three a hypothesis assumed for the sake of argument or investigation a hypothesis assumed for the sake of argument or investigation so this is something that you could use Mm -hmm. to design an experiment right uh b an unproved assumption conjecture which it absolutely is Uh, and a body of theorems presenting a concise systematic view of a subject like a theory of equations so what is conjecture conjecture is inference formed without proof or sufficient evidence a conclusion deduced by surmise or guesswork a proposition, as in mathematics, before it has been proved or disproved. An interpretation of omens. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. This is so great. I love it. Uh, the analysis of a set of facts in their relation to one another. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So, um, conjecture. (laughs) Uh, That's so great. It's conjecture. They say it like it's a bad conjecture these things together, and now I've got a conjecture, which is like a conclusion without evidence. So let's let's get that evidence, baby. Right? It's gotta be out there. Let's go find it. Now's the fun part, the adventure part of science begins where we get to embark on an experiment or investigation. Um what a bizarre and alien concept to the American mind, I know. So happy to re-educate the public today. Pro bono mundo. And we're moving forward with the speaking of pro bono mundo I'm going to read an article for you guys this morning from News Target. And I think it should be rather vindicating for guys like me who've been gaslit and called crazy for years about stuff like this. And I've tried as hard as I could <clears throat> to explain the difference between a contrail and a chemtrail to people. And like, but they're actually both the same thing they're both made of chemicals <laughs> so that, technically speaking <clears throat> whoever started that um conspiracy was a fucking genius because it was a it was a red herring well whoever started that theory was a genius an evil genius because it conflated a whole bunch of really legitimate things and a whole bunch of really completely illegitimate things together. And it muddied the waters surrounded surrounding what's going on, much like the alien scenario with these UFO, these flying objects we've seen, these advanced drones we see flying through the air. The alien narrative is very convenient for the people who are using this technology because the technology itself is very dangerous to uh, animals, who are around this technology when it's operating. So, uh, yes. Okay, sorry, homegirl hit me up. Um so <clears throat> here is a news article from newstarget.com. There's the link in the chat. Let's see what's going on. <clears throat> Title of the article is Anne's Kindred's Uh, Geoengineering after American startup firm, rude, fucking rude. Last month, we reported a company called Sunsets had begun deploying chemical releasing weather balloons in the Baja, California, Sur area of Mexico, supposedly to fight climate change. The Mexican government caught wind of what this company was doing and responded by banning all geoengineering activity across the entire country. The Mexican Ministry of Environment, man, I feel so bad for the way that Texas has treated Mexico and America has treated Mexico. Um, This is terrible. Um, So. The Mexican Ministry of Environment and Natural Resources, Simarna, announced that it is now illegal in Mexico to release aerosol particles into the skies to try to block the sun's heat, which is what Make Sunset founder Luke Iceman was trying to do. Keep that garbage in the United States is the gist of Mexico's response to Iceman's activities. As of now, all solar engineering projects, both big and small, are prohibited everywhere south of the border as part of a coordinated effort between Mexico's government ministry and its National Council of Science of Technology to protect communities and environments from getting mucked up by all that pollution. What Iceman appears to have done was just hop on down to Baja, California, serve from the U.S., and start blasting the skies with his experiments. He never asked for permission to do this, and it turns out the Mexican government is not okay with entitled Americans who believe global warming myths polluting Mexico's environment with poison. Iceman now claims he never actually released any sulfur balloons at all. In a December interview with MIT Technology Review, Iceman admitted to conducting at least two test balloon launches from a secret location back in April 2022 since Mexico's ban on such activities. However, Iceman is now denying that he ever released any sulfur balloons at all. Mixed Sunsets will share all information about its activities in Mexico to date, if any, with responsible agencies. Iceman now claims Mixed Sunsets will cease its operations in Mexico if there were any. <clears throat> there we go. Uh I need to stop smoking cigarettes. Uh if Iceman did release sulfur into the skies on a whim when he polluted then he polluted Mexico's environment in violation of the country's laws, he may have also damaged the environment as controls directly interfere with normal climate function and the general protection it provides for the Earth's delicate ecosystems blocking out sunlight via sulfur particles could trigger rapid and significant global shifts in pre- precipitation that could leave some parts of the planet flooded and others arid, according to past research reported news punch so do we have that that article on news punch they have it <clears throat> okay so i can find it okay I'll, I'll look for that article later maybe if they don't have it, source at the bottom If not managed properly, solar geoengineering could lead to even more erratic and rapid changes in temperature than we're currently experiencing under climate change. And the use of sulfur specifically would likely damage Earth's crucial ozone layer. Then there's the geopolitical implications of a country, a rogue actor, deciding to go ahead and change the stratosphere's composition without international buy-in. Uh, From a moral and ethical perspective, Mexico sure is looking good these days, especially compared to the United States. Its leaders are trying to eradicate genetically modified organisms from the country, and now they're taking aim at geoengineering, which is a major problem in America. America is one of the only countries, in fact, that refused to sign on to a United Nations moratorium on chemtrails that was agreed upon by nearly 200 other countries, including Mexico, back in 2010 there are enough studies that show that there would be negative and unequal impacts associated with the release of these aerosols in the environment. Ministry of the UN wrote at the time, Iceman is reportedly upset at the Mexican government for putting an end to his illegal work down in Southern Baja. He complained. one of my dreams is that we could in some distant future grow, make sunsets legally and responsibly. Um, Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, interesting. So, sources are natural news and news punch. Here's the news punch link. <clears throat> news punch. And then we also have natural news. Not really great sources of anything. Um, after decades of denial, corporate media admits control terraforming is happening. Well, to fight climate change, this is from natural news, so um, wow, where is the the link to this m- news coming out of Mexico? Um, let's try news punch. Mm, this is the one I just read. No, this is uh, a new one. And uh, no, it last week. Here we go. So here, mm-hmm. la experimentación con geoingeniería solar no de Nosera permitida en México. Le semaron el Conacit leván a cabo asociones sociones apegadas al principio Principio, principio, precau, precautorio, precautorio para protege, proteger a las comunidades y las uh, y a los entornos ambientales. Estudios muestran impactos negativos por la liberación de estos aerosoles y le ocasionan. Wow. So I got you guys. Don't worry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna translate this from the Gobernero de México. Um. We are going to have some technological fun. Okay, guys. Roof here, it's going to be okay. Gobinero de Meico. from the Gobinero de Meico. Okay, let's um Rufio if you would chill that'd be fantastico. Jesus. Close this. Let's just do this. Um chill. Copy. Cool, oh, wow. Okay, it translated. Um, experimentation with solar geoengineering will not be allowed in Mexico. Um, Semarant and Conacit will carry out actions in accordance with the precautionary principle to protect communities and environmental environments. Ministry of Environment and Natural Resources, January 13, 2023 statement. Studies show negative impacts from the release of these aerosols and that cause meteorological imbalances. There is an international moratorium that is still in force against the deployment of geoengineering to prohibit. And, where appropriate, stop experimentation practices with solar geoengineering in the country, the government of Mexico, through through inter-institutional coordination between the Ministry of Environment and Natural Resources and the National Council of Science and Technology, they will carry out actions that are in accordance with the precautionary principle to protect communities and environmental environments. Uh, (laughs) That's cute. The Convention on Biological Diversity of the United Nations Organization, of which Mexico is a part, established in 2010, a moratorium that is still in force against the deployment of geoengineering. Uh, Opposition to these climate manipulations is based on the fact that there are currently no international agreements that adjust or supervise solar geoengineering activities, which represents an economically advantageous solution for a minority and risky for the supposed remediation of climate change. For this reason, Simarnat, Will implement a strategy that prohibits these practices within the national territory, which serve to strengthen the first references worldwide under the precautionary principle and the basis established in the Montreal Protocol, which promotes the production of well, protection of the ozone layer and the fight against climate change. Any large scale practice with solar geoengineering in its territory will be stopped, which presumed to be large scale technologies, but still remain in development. The seat will coordinate with experts and experts the review of existing rigorous scientific research to expose the serious risk that solar geoengineering practices pose to the environment, people, and their community environments. What the fuck? In addition, work is being done to make relevant information on the subject of geoengineering available to the general public, which has been promoted in recent years by companies scaling up investments so that without scientific support, they perceive them as alternative technologies to face the impacts of climate change. Solar geoengineering practices seek to counteract the effects of climate change through the emission of gases into the atmosphere, such as sulfur dioxide, aluminum sulfate, among others. This process induces sunlight to be reflected back into space thus preventing temperature rise in a specific geographic area however there are enough studies showing there would be negative and uneven impacts associated with the release of these aerosols causing meteorological imbalances such as winds and torrential rains as well as droughts in areas of the tropics in addition to generating impacts on the thinning of the planet's ozone layer Recently, the state of Baja California sir, the startup Make Sunsets, carried out technical experience, experiments of this type, launching meteorological balloons with sulfur dioxide without prior notice and without the consent of the government of Mexico and the surrounding communities. In the blog of the Make Sunsets website, the company reports that it does not know the results of the experiment since the balloons were not monitored or recovered. The government of Mexico reiterates the inescapable commitment to the protection and well-being of the population against practices that generate risk to human and environmental security working in a coordinated manner, rigorous and responsible for the well-being of the people of Mexico. Joint press release number 3 of 23, Mexico City, January 13, 2023. Oh, wow. There you go, guys. <clears throat> I'm going to drop a link to this website. <clears throat> If it will allow me to do so, Jesus Christ! My uh, my internet really does not want to let me uh, copy this uh, website or share this link. What the fuck is up with this? Yeah, let's just do this. Copy the URL. There's always a way. Um. Oh, it's because I'm in the call-in window. That's why. Okay. So here we go. There is the link to the government report from Mexico. And you guys are snoozing on this news. Um, Ha! They're doing a futurism report. I'm paying Brent Hangout. I'm doing a science report. Well, let's uh, continue on some interesting science I had picked out here. And then I'll hop over there. Let's see. Um, uh Aha. Let's check uh, what's going on ScienceDaily.com and just see what's popping. James Webb. Oh, yeah, there's some good stuff. Oh my god, there's so much mosquito science coming out, guys. This is really fucking creepy, guys. This is like super duper creepy, dudes. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> invest in bug suits, guys. Invest in bug suits. Bugs are being weaponized. You heard it from me first. Uh, but James Webb sports super old. <laughs> Massive galaxies that shouldn't exist. From the University of Colorado at Boulder, February 22nd, 2023. Fucking incredible. This is more evidence for my hypothesis about the universe that we are constantly being recycled through black holes. (laughs) And... uh, What's happening to all that radiation that comes out of black holes? You know, like black holes are constantly spewing radiation out of each of their poles. And it's really fucking scary. And I think they're called pulsars, not pulsars. But um, I think a pulsar is like a coronal ejection from a sun. I'll have to get into it later <laughs> i'm not super into astrophysics myself i've always been kind of bored by astrophysics because it wasn't really it wasn't really there yet you know as a as a kid but now i'm starting to learn a lot more interesting things about space like <clears throat> james webb sports spots super old massive galaxies that shouldn't exist uh New study in an international team of astrophysicists has discovered several mysterious objects hiding in images from the James Webb Space Telescope. Six potential galaxies that emerged so early in the universe's history and are so massive, they should not be possible under current cosmological theory. Each of the candidate galaxies may have existed at the dawn of the universe, roughly 500 to 700 million years after the Big Bang or more than 13 billion years ago. There's also gigantic containing almost as many stars as the modern Milky Day, Uh, the modern day Milky Way galaxy. (laughs) Okay. It's bananas, said Erica Nelson, co-author of the new research, assistant professor of astrophysics at the University of Colorado Boulder. You just don't expect the early universe to be able to organize itself that quickly. These galaxies should not have had time to form. Okay, so um, Nelson and her colleagues, including first author Ivo Lab of the Swinburne University of Technology in Australia, published the results February 22nd in the journal Nature. The latest finds aren't the earliest galaxies observed by James Webb, which launched in December 2021 and is the most powerful telescope ever sent into space. Last year, another team of scientists spotted four galaxies that likely coalesced from gas around 350 million years after the Big Bang. These objects, however, were downright shrimpy compared Mm -hmm. to the new galaxies containing many times less mass from stars. The researchers still need more data to confirm that these galaxies are as big as they look. And date is far back in time. Their preliminary observations, however, offer a tantalizing taste of how James Webb would rewrite the astronomy textbooks. Another possibility is that these things are different kind of weird objects, such as faint quasars, which would be just as interesting, Nelson said. Fuzzy dots. There's a lot of excitement going around last year. Nelson and her colleagues who hail from the United States, Australia, Denmark and Spain formed an ad hoc team to investigate the data James Webb was sending back to Earth. Their recent findings stem from the telescope's cosmic evolution early release science survey. These images look deep into a patch of sky close to the Big Big. Dipper, a relatively boring, at least at first glance, region of space that the Hubble tele- Space Telescope first observed in the 1990s. And Nelson was peering at a postage stamp size section of one image when she spotted something strange, a few fuzzy dots of light that looked way too bright to be real. They were so red and so bright, we weren't expecting to see them. She explained that in astronomy, red light usually equals old light. The universe has been expanding since the dawn of time. As it expands, galaxies and other celestial objects move further apart, and the light they emit stretches out. Think of it like the cosmic equivalent of saltwater taffy. The more the light stretches, the redder it looks to human instruments. Okay, this makes sense. The team ran calculations and discovered that her old galaxies are huge, harboring tens of hundreds of billions of sun-sized stars worth of mass on par with the Milky Way. Wait. Hundreds of billions of sun-sized stars worth of mass. But is it stars? However, it probably didn't have much common with our own. The Milky Way forms about one to two new stars every year. Some of these galaxies would have have to be forming hundreds of new stars a year for the entire history of the universe. Nelson and her colleagues want to use James Webb to collect a lot more information about these mysterious objects, but they've seen enough already to pique their curiosity. For a start, calculations suggest there shouldn't have been enough normal matter, the kind that makes up planets and human bodies at that time to form so many stars so quickly. If even one of these galaxies is real, it will push against the limits of our understanding of cosmology. For Nelson, the new findings are a culmination of a journey that began when she was in elementary school. She was 10, she wrote a report about the Hubble telescope that launched in 1990 and is still active today. It takes time for light to go from a galaxy to us, which means that you're looking back in time when you're looking at these objects. I found that concept so mind blowing that I decided that instant that this was what I wanted to do with my life. The fast pace of discovery with James Webb is a lot like those early days of Hubble, Nelson said. At the time, many scientists believed that galaxies didn't begin forming until billions of years after the Big Bang, but researchers soon discovered that the early universe was much more complex and exciting than they could have imagined. Even though we weren't Oh shit. <laughs> Okay, drop the phone. I'm back. <laughs> Even though we learned... We still didn't expect James Webb to see much, such mature galaxies existing so far back in time. I'm so excited. Author, uh, other co-authors in the study include Peter Van, Dockham of the Yale, Catherine Sess of the University of California, Santa Cruz, Joel Leah Eliha Matthews, Benji Wang of the Pennsylvania state university gabriel brammer katherine whitaker of the university of Copenhagen, Maro stefan of the university of valencia <laughs> A story source provided by the university of colorado at boulder original written by daniel strain so this is the original story source journal source and cite this page this is cool i this is the University of California. Support for the fight against food insecurities. This is cool. But um would it be this? Web telescope spots super old massive galaxies that shouldn't exist from the University of Boulder. This is like the original, original article. It's bananas. Nelson and her colleagues, it has lots of really cool graphics, fuzzy dots. Yeah, here's the real, real article. This is cool. So I'll drop this one. And then, of course, the link to the study should be within this article. There we go. Um, I hope this is right. Okay. So... There's a link to this. Any person who spends time... In that game would be led to believe that the entire universe got there from a big bang. Procedurally. <laughs> and that they'd be right that the way the creators, developers built the universe was procedurally, but it did not take billions of years. It was instantified, fully made. I believe our universe was instant instantiated with trees and life and gravity and all of that already here. The first tree had rings and roots as if it, it developed, but it was really, put, this dude has lost his mind. Um, I have indeed played no man's land. Okay, I apologize. Josh, John, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, this sounds quasi-yoetic in nature. But I'm going to move on to more science in the realm of my screenshots here. And there's some really cool science that I want to explore. I don't know if it's going to be on my main page that I like to explore science from. But I'm going to check and see if they've covered this yet. The switch made from a single molecule. And we've mapped mosquito cells that may help the insects choose the tastiest humans or target specific humans. Uh, Successful cure of HIV infection after stem cell transplantation. Successful cure of HIV. Yeah, stem cell transplantation, guys. They've cured HIV after stem cell transplantation. There's so much interesting science coming up now. Uh, Getting good sleep could add years to your life. Uh, tell me about it. Electrodes grown in the brain, paving the way to future therapies for neurological disorders. plastic explosions. Okay. Where's the bacteria that creates electricity? <laughs> this is what I need. Evolution of dinosaur body size through different developmental mechanisms. Why do Earth's hemispheres look equally bright when viewed from space? What? Equally bright for years, brightness, symmetry, names for years, mystery. Storms, decline, solar energy, reflection rate. Yeah. <coughs> traffic, pollution and brain function. That's where I was last time. Okay, so they're not actually. They're not covering it on Science Daily, so I'm going to have to track this article down myself hmm. by typing it in. Something I've always been interested in electric microbes, using microbes to generate electricity. I'm just looking little- at Let's see what's up. Let's look at the video here, YouTube. You can check this out. I like YouTube. Anyone who says you can't use to learn this, that'd be a lesson, a karmic lesson for anyone who. Reason bills? The president recently signed the Inflation Reduction Act, which means it's all good. I don't need it. Plumbing to the lights on our houses to our cars, devices. This is 10 years ago. Society. In a world where people live in fear, this is not what I'm looking for. Anything. This is 10 years ago. Get the fuck out of here. 10 years ago, science. Um, let's see, let's see what this is from. This is. From what year? Sources. 2020. Okay. 2016. Not really what I'm looking for. Let's, let's type in um, 2023. Get some new information on this. Aha. Uh-huh. Here we are. This is from April 12th of 2022 from Radbound University. Nijimin. Let's see if I can hop down to it. Materials. Story source. What? We get broken cookies. <laughs> At a cookies toastest. Tostan on cookies wagrin Um so I'm gonna go from Dutch to English see what happens. Sorry something went wrong. We can't let you just read this, so that's what Science Daily has us for. Um bacteria generate electricity from methane uh red bowed. University Nij Megan generating power while purifying the environment of greenhouse gases should be achievable using bacteria microbiologists have demonstrated that it's possible to make methane consuming bacteria generate power in the lab <gasps> guys guys this bacteria can eat our farts and run our fucking internet guys 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 This is what I'm talking about, guys. This is the shit I've been talking about forever. Guys. All right. Let's check this out. How does this... What is the... How do Generating power... uh, Generating power while purifying the environment of greenhouse gases should be achievable by using bacteria. Huzzah! In a new publication, <laughs> microbiologists from Radboud University have demonstrated that it's possible to make methane consuming bacteria generate power in the lab. Study will be published in Frontiers in Microbiology on April 12th. No joke. The bacteria can, candid, candid, candidatus, candidatus, Methan, methanopre, methanopredins, Candidatus methanopredens, which sounds like a candida that eats methane, like a yeast that eats methane, guys. Uh, let's continue. Use or, uh, some kind of, uh, maybe protozoa that, uh, eats, or what is, what is, what is yeast? Uh, eukaryote. Maybe some kind of eukaryote that eats uh meth <laughs> methane. Alright, so the anyway, uh this can, candida candidatus methanopredens methanopre yeah, methanopredens use methane to grow and naturally occur in fresh water such as ditches and lakes. In the, in the Netherlands, the bacteria mostly thrive in locations where the surface and groundwater are contaminated with nitrogen as they require, nitrate to, they require nitrate to break down methane. The researchers initially wanted to know more about the conversion processes occurring in the microorganism. In addition, they were also curious whether it would be possible to use it to generate power. This could be very useful for the energy sector, says microbiologist and author Cornelia Wilt. In the current biogas installations, methane is produced by microorganisms and subsequently burnt, which drives a turbine, thus generating power. Less than half of the biogas is converted into power, and this is the maximum achievable capacity. We want to evaluate whether we can do better using microorganisms. So a kind of battery Fellow microbiologists from Nijmegen. Nijmegen have previously shown that it's possible to generate power using anamox uh, bacteria that use ammonium during the process instead of methane. The process in these bacteria is basically the same, it says microbiologist Helene Oberthur. We create a kind of battery with two terminals where one of these is a biological terminal and the other one is a chemical terminal. We grow the bacteria on one of the electrodes to which the bacteria donate electrons resulting from the conversion of methane. Through this approach, researchers managed to convert 31% of the methane into electricity, but they aim at higher efficiencies. We'll continue focusing on improving the systems, well says. So they're at 31% right now. They just started, guys. This is great. This is fantastic. But like what is the uh, the output? Is there any waste? Like, alright, how long did they last? Grow bacteria on one of the electrodes. Bacteria donate electrons resulting from the conversion of methane. They convert methane into what? What do they convert methane into? Uh, Okay. Basically the same. Um, 31% of the methane converted into electricity. But the bacteria is converting the methane into something else. Um. I'm really interested in, like, did I miss it? Mm. Yeah, they're not really saying what the methane is broken down into by these guys. So, I mean, who knows? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> How safe this science is, but hey, it's interesting. I find this incredibly interesting. So, um, hopefully, you guys do too. And there's a link to that. And let's see what else I have in stored in my phone. Um, we have aha the shortest light pulses in the world come in pairs and scientists can now control them interesting what do you mean pairs like pairs of photons um when light flashes for a quintillionth of a second things get weird so shortest light pulses i need to eat and drink and then i need to get some tacos Uh, uh, i think this might be the one physicists can control yes light pulses when light flashes for a quintillionth of a second things get weird this is from PopSci.com. So here's the article. Drop it right away, so we can just read together if we want. And let's go back to the article. Real-time spectroscopy reveals the spectra of ultra short, ultra short light pulses. The bulb on an old-style film projector flashes some 24 times a second. A Typical CRT television screen changes frame 50 or 60 times every second. The fastest cameras in the world can snap frames lasting just a trillionth of a second, short enough to watch light itself slowly creep across the surface. That may be fast. I don't think that's not accurate either. It's also not accurate. It's not accurate, dude. Fastest cameras in the world can snap frames lasting just a trillionth of a second okay that might be fair yes okay short enough to watch light itself slowly creep across the surface okay that that could be fair enough that may be fast but it's still nothing next to the lasers some physicists get to play with welcome to the world of ultra short light pulses little blips of a light wave lasting as little as a quadrillionth of a second after they leave the laser that makes them at these time scales, strange things start to happen. For instance, pulses often pop out in pairs, one after the other. Now, physicists at the universities of Beirut and Constance in Germany have found they can control the pacing of these duos. They published their work in October 19th in the journal Optica. Ultra. Ultra short light typically relies on a laser to produce very short bursts of light, as opposed to the unbroken beam created by most lasers you probably encounter. True to the name, these pulses are short indeed. They're as brief as a i am uh, sorry, a femtosecond, or a quadrillionth of a second. One of the absolute shortest have gone even faster, down to an attosecond, a quadrillionth of a second. Okay, that's, uh, I'm sorry, a quintillionth of a second. If you're wondering why anyone would bother, there are a few ways scientists can put ultra-short pulses to work. One of the most fruitful uses is spectroscopy, splitting a beam of light into its spectrum, allowing scientists to look at which colors of wavelengths are present or missing, which can tell them about the materials that light comes from or passes through. Using ultra short pulses for spectroscopy allows scientists to peer into the depths of molecules and atoms or into the processes that start and finish tiny uh, fractions of a blink. For instance, the technology allows scientists to watch chemical reactions as they happen, something that won the 1999 Nobel Prize in chemistry. Ultra short pulses can also be used to manufacture very tiny electronic parts uh micrometers or even nanometers across they're used in medicine too for high precision eye surgeries and for forging tiny stints but when a laser produces ultra short light pulses it often produces them in pairs like these chemically bound atoms in the molecule these coupled pulses can oscillate bouncing back and forth or break apart into smaller bits Many people who work with these lasers know that this happens, but they thought it might be strange. Curiosity says study author Greg Hernink, a physicist at Beirut University, companies try to avoid this operation mode. They just want to have a single clean pulse. But these cou- these coupled pulses' unique properties uh, had interested theoretical physicists for some time. They wondered if they could control the coupling. So. Henrik and his colleagues built a ring made of optical glass fibers, like ones um, uh, that weave together the Internet and began shooting light from a laser through the ring. The light pulses went round and round where the researchers could watch them orbit. Previously, the short time scales involved meant, uh, the t- short time scales involved meant that watching coupled pulses up close wasn't really doable. Now, spectroscopy methods have changed that. We can look at these pulses on every round trip that they do in this laser. And with that, we can now get real-time insight into the dynamics that was not possible before. With this there, this in their toolbox, they could turn the laser itself and turn to the laser itself and see why it was misbehaving. They found that by reducing the laser's power for a short moment, they could break the bond and uncouple two pulses. Then by reestablishing the power, they could bind the pulses together again with different separation in space and time. Now says Henrik, you can predict where you have your pulses and then you can even control the separations of them. He says he and his colleagues hope to build upon the work Remember to create a system species, right? that lets them, de- uh, damn it. I fucking activated a fucking ad. am sorry guys. I'm going to kill myself. Here we go. Um, uh, by that time, the atom you want to measure already may already be on making the laser do the job instead is much more effective. Still, it's not certain if ultra short, ultra short pulse users will find users for this ability. My own view is that these lasers are really good for is making one single pulse, uh, yeah, that was Andrew Weiner, an electrical engineer at Purdue University in Indiana, who was not involved in this research. He says, you want to make that as clean as possible. So I think that in most applications, you probably don't want to do this. But even if most applications don't need pairs of pulses, knowing the science behind them could have felt, could help craft better lasers. I think studying the detail of that is interesting to really understand the physics, says Weiner. All these effects are not totally understood, understood says Harink. Uh, His name is, I'm sorry, Harink. Yeah. uh Raul Rowe is the former contributing science writer for Pop Science. That's the guy that wrote the article. And I think it's pretty fucking cool. Um, as a light nerd, obsessed with light, I find it fascinating. And I'm going to drop that Link. I think I did already. Yeah, I did already drop that link in the chat. So that was that article and we're coming up on an hour and I need some food and some, tacos and some water. So I'm going to go get that and I'll see you guys in the penguin hangout. I'm hopping over.